0: Good afternoon. It is Friday, January sixteenth, two 2009, and you've tuned in to Noon Edition with co-host Daniel Robinson. I'm Stan Jostrebski. This week, we'll talk about the impact, the inauguration of Barack Obama as the nation's next president will have on the country, its citizens, and on the topic of race. Joining us in the studio are Monroe County Circuit Court Judge, the Honorable Judge Valerie Haughton. Bloomington Safe and Civil City Director Beverly Calendar anderson and Indiana University Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Multicultural Affairs, Dr. Ed Marshall. Thanks to all of you for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. You, the listener, can join the conversation by calling 812-855-0811 or toll-free at 877-285-9348. You can also leave a comment on our new website, slash. Noon Edition. Production support today for Noon Edition comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2 is owned and operated in Bloomington. Their phone number is 332-2233. Additional production support from Smithville Telephone Company, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922, offering bundled packages, high-speed internet, and wireless phones. Smithville Telephone, local pride, global technology. More information at smithville.net. Well, I first want to ask all three of you what Tuesday's inauguration will mean to each of you. And and then what do you get the sense it means to the people with whom you work most closely on a daily basis in your lives and jobs?
1: Hmm. Oh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Stan, that was a pretty loaded question, wasn't it?
0: Well, you got to start big.
1: Uh,
2: you do. You do. I'll start. Um, I'll, oh, great, great, go David. ahead.
3: Go ahead. But first, I, I want to uh, congratulate Judge Houghton on her recent election. Uh, I'll, well, I'll add take to the that. Thank that.
2: Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you.
3: You know, from a personal perspective, I had a chance to think about this um, quite a lot. Um, you know, to me, it, it, this, this ranks uh, very, very high among the uh, more significant, I think, personal events of, of my life. I think back uh, on the excitement that I see in the eyes of my mother on one end of the spectrum who is not really a political animal. uh, But for the first time, at least I've seen, uh, she has a high level of excitement and anticipation about what this election is going to bring. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I look at my daughter's. Uh, who uh, were badgering me um, back in November, Daddy uh, are you registered, Daddy? Uh, have <laughs> you voted so I think you know that that bridges um, uh, a pretty broad uh, age range, and I think you know the the population of this country as well as those that I work with locally uh, fit within that very very nicely that there's this this uh, bolus of, of 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 energy around what's what's going to happen come uh next tuesday i think we all look look to this as a kind of a new beginning if you will and i think uh there is a great promise uh, the bar is high and i hope hopefully we haven't set the bar too high uh, but i think the bar is high and rightfully so and i and I hopefully uh i'm hopeful uh, that president, like Barack uh, Obama, when he becomes President Obama, will essentially uh, reach that bar and, and take us to a higher, le- higher level of uh, understanding of each other, as well as performance as a society. Yeah.
2: I, I, I think he he actually set the bar. I mean, I think he's the one that's responsible for setting the bar that high, because, uh, quite frankly, he his predecessor, uh, I think. Gave us all a reason to hope for somebody that could come in, step in, and take over, take charge, and do some wonderful f- things for this country. And that's what I, I personally am hoping that he will do. Um, I I thank you both for your congratulations, but I have to say that personally, I was I was really excited to um, get elected on the same night mm. that he got elected. So I felt it was kind of a dual victory, and and it was it was really exciting and, and Quite honestly, I wasn't quite sure which of us I was more, more excited to see. <laughs> you know, clearly on a personal level myself, um, and and I would agree with Ed when he was talking about his mom. Both of my parents are deceased, but my mom's uh, brother and and sister, and my, my one of my dad's brothers, are still alive, and they are all in their nineties, and. Not only did I not expect to see see a, an African American person, you know, elected in in my lifetime, but I know that they didn't. And so, even though I don't have my parents here to experience experience this, uh, I can kind of vicariously or through through my aunt and, aunt and uncles uh, get some sense of what what this means to them because it's momentous. But I, I guess I have to add that I don't think it's just momentous for African-Americans or people of color. I think it's an exciting thing for everyone in the country that's of a certain age. I had a conversation last Mm -hmm. night with a friend of mine who—and we were discussing the fact that for maybe many of us that are over, I don't know, 30— yeah, that's a thank, good age. Thank, thank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw that nice safe number out there. Uh, this is momentous, but for people, my grandchildren's ages, and and they range in age from three months to seventeen years. It's it's going to be, yes yeah, so or what? They will have grown. I mean, it, for a three year old, that person will grow up with somebody that's, at least for a part of their lives, that was African American, and it will be. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So what? You know, and it, I think it won't be a big deal. It won't be a big deal. Yeah. N- not in the same way that it is to us. And that that made me stop and you know mm-hmm. give pause for a second. Yeah.
4: Too. Well, the benefit of going last on a question like this is that everybody says what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and, and so I do have the same feeling you know that Ed and Val have about about bridging the generations and my mom and and, and my dad and, and my son and also my godson who's mm-hmm. seven and who was so excited about this election mm-hmm. and has his Obama T-shirt that he wears all the time and 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 so that that has. Um, Really been interesting to to be a part of, and one of the things I do remember about election night, though, is that I remember thinking I am so glad to be alive today because I remembered so many people that have worked for this mm-hmm. and worked for this day that are no longer with us, and so it right. sort of I, I sort of stopped for a moment and thought about some of those people that um, had been either civil rights workers or community activists or whatever they were, just people who, who understood the need for us all to come together to, to bring this kind of change about and, um, and just thought about them. And they're not here to enjoy it, and I'm sure that they are watching over us somewhere, but, but I was just so glad to be alive to be able to experience that moment. Um, and, and, when, and when he said, this is our moment, I mean, that. Oof. It tore me up. <laughs> I felt,
2: really I, probably like everybody else did, that that he was talking directly. I know to me. it was talking
4: to me. <laughs> was, no, no, Val, he was talking to me. No, no,
2: I don't <laughs> think so. Well, hasn't it hit you in waves, though? Yeah, because I, I have found myself getting more and more and more pumped up, mm-hmm. if you will, more excited as the time approaches. And 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 I must admit, I'm much more excited about looking forward to his presidency. Than I was on November the fourth. Maybe
4: because I was tired.
2: I don't know. But I mean, it, it's it's just gotten to be a much much more exciting prospect the closer we get to it. And I th- you know?
4: oh, I'm sorry. I, I think one of the things that I'm excited about, mm-hmm. and and it and it sort of relates to what you said about this not just being yes, he is the first president that we will have of African descent, but he is a president for all of America. And it has That's given right. us reason to hope. It has given all Americans reason to hope and and that there can be something better. You can't give anybody a greater gift than that.
2: I, I, I agree. I think regardless of your politics, he is somebody that has reached out to everyone. I mean, evidence of that was, you know, having George Will and some of the conservatives, you know, going to their home for dinner the other night. And, and I think that he is trying to be very inclusive and, and that's, that's encouraging for mm-hmm.
3: me. You know, today in the um, New York Times uh, there was a column uh, titled Dear Sir Obama. Uh, it was a collection of um, letters from kids to mm-hmm. President Obama. Mm-hmm. I heard. And, you know, they were very interesting, but there was one in there, I think, that was very, very telling. It was from, I believe, an eight-year-old um, from Chicago, and he said, "I quote, I have grown up with a very liberal mom and a very conservative dad. Thank you for bringing my parents somewhat closer together." So, you know, I think that you know, I think that's very, very telling for us, and it's also interesting that the inauguration will take place on the day after yes. the national celebration of That's Martin right. Luther yes. King. Absolutely. So those two, you know, events essentially signal uh, the bridge of a very, very significant mm-hmm.
4: era uh,
1: in, in, right. in our history. Yeah. That's right.
0: Really. I want to get to our, our first phone call. Stan is on the phone. Stan, thank you for calling. Great name, by the way. <laughs>
1: uh, I would I would like to hear uh, some discussion of the educational effect that uh President-elect Obama w- is going to have on all people, uh, not just boys from the hood, who think they can't get anywhere in a white-dominated world, but also people in Appalachia or anywhere else who either have had problems because of their parentage or just are not very good in school. And with with the educational advances, I'm sure the president will bring. These people will have it. Will have an opportunity to raise themselves, which is what our country needs.
0: Stan, thanks for the call. What, what What do all of you think about what this will do for the the education of the populace as as a whole?
3: I think you know. I, I think uh, we will see um, considerable uh, interest and focus on on education, both at the K through twelve level as well as higher education. Uh, I know there's great interest in the economic uh, stimulus package and what it's going to contain in terms of affordability of college, for example, of tax breaks uh, for kids uh, going to school. But just looking at our future, I think uh, one one thing that Barack Obama uh, will bring uh, to our discussion is a reemphasis and focus upon the value of human capital, uh, the fact that, and also the fact that you know we need to look. ...at the futures of, of, of our children and be able to give them the proper foundations, the educational foundations, the health foundations that's going to allow them to be able to participate fully uh, in, in the society.
4: Yeah, I think the other thing that this will do, and, and we, all of us, I think, are, are very proud of President-elect Obama because of his African heritage. But when, when you look at his background, I mean, he has African heritage. He has a white mom from Midwestern United States. He grew up in Hawaii. He has experience in Jakarta. When you look at him, almost anybody can see themselves in him. I mean, there there is something about him that encompasses almost all of what America is. And so um, I think that I when I look at him, of course, I see, you know, the, the piece of him that most— Closely relates to me, sure, and when other people look at him they they see that, and so when we start to see ourselves, whether we 're from Appalachia or whether we 're from midwest idaho or, or i don 't know if Idaho's in the midwest, but whether, whether, <laughs> whether we 're from Iowa or Idaho or wherever it is when we when we start to see ourselves in in places of power and in places of status um, and, and those are people that that we can relate to, then it gives us that Thought and that that inspiration that we can achieve too, and and so I think you know yeah there will be some very concrete things that he will do um, with his education package and with his, with the stimulus package and things that Ed talked about, but also it's just that raising the self esteem and raising the self awareness of people who every day see this man standing at a podium speaking to them and it's someone that they can so closely relate to, and also his wife. I mean let, let's not forget that he's bringing Michelle with him as well, and 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 so that will be another message of what the new norm is, and so we begin to see ourselves as the new norm, and I, and I think that that will transcend race. And well, and not, I, well, not only I, Michelle, I think, you
3: know, mother-in-law, you know, and they, mother-in-law,
2: that's everybody, right. mm-hmm. and, and I, the I think family. I, mm-hmm. I think that, that one of the things that you said is that people can relate to him and to, to both of them, mm-hmm. because they both came from very, very humble beginnings, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things, I mean, i can 't speak to his his very specific you know programs and and some of the things that he may implement, but I think that part of what people do is is get inspired by by example and they are they certainly are the embodiment of the american dream you know and and for two people to come from very very humble beginnings and achieve achieve great educations in both of them went to wonderful schools, undergrad. Both of them went to prestigious schools. You know, for, for law school, that's something that people can look at and say, "Yes." You well, know? you know, starting yeah, with the "Yes, we can",
3: can mantra. Exactly, you know? and I didn't
2: yeah. want to say the whole thing, but yeah,
3: yeah. You know, but that, that's you know, that, that sends a signal mm-hmm. to 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 everyone, uh, uh, irrespective of one's station in life, that yes, you can. Yeah,
2: you
4: know,
3: and 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 he's he's demonstrating success in that regard,
4: right.
2: And I think he's working very hard to show that he's willing to demonst- demonstrate a willingness to to include more Reach in out, bring. people, to bring other people in. And that that's with regard to education, with regard to any of the programs that he's trying to implement
5: right now, I think. Uh, we have another phone call. Andy is on the line. Thanks for your call, Andy.
1: Hi. Uh, I I concur with your guests. I, I believe that all... Uh, Americans, regardless of of race, creed, or or sex, can take uh, some pride in this, and and I believe that it's it's good for America and it's good for uh, for everyone in America. But we're really what has has impressed me about Mr. Obama in the last few weeks. It's it's not the fact that I, I think he realizes you know the scope and the and the gravity of all of this, but he hasn't uh pondered on it you know he he hasn't pandered the fact that you know yes uh I'm the first uh, African American president right. he he sees the historical uh value of this but what really has impressed me is he he's, he's hit the street running i mean he's <laughs> he's out there and he's you know getting his uh uh getting his people together he's already you know showing uh, uh or trying to get the confidence of the american people i mean i Face it. I mean, regardless of of what of of who pre, who's the president, uh, I don't envy that job. Right now. <laughs> he's got a lot of problems, and, and he's got a lot of things to fix. And what was really impressed me is the fact that he's he's not he doesn't seem overwhelmed by it. He doesn't seem like he's uh, uh, daunted in any way. He, I don't think he's giving false hope. He he's being realistic about things and he's essentially saying, you know, hey, it, it took a while to get in this. It's going to take a little bit to get out, but we are going to get out, and that's what really has impressed me about him. It, You know, when you put into a situation where you're the first at something, you, you so, sometimes get kind of caught up in that, and I just don't see that in him, and I see a lot of confidence coming out of him. So I just wanted to see uh, what you all felt about that and, uh, I'll just uh, wait to hear your comments.
2: I agree with Andy about that. I think one of the things that, that Mr. Obama has conveyed is a calm. He doesn't seem to react, give some knee-jerk reactions, and I think when when we see people that are calm, that are thoughtful, that are giving some thought to the things that they do before they do them, that has that calming effect on everybody else because these are bad times right now. I mean, a lot of people are suffering, and... And when you have a leader that is willing to show that they are going to take action but they're not going to run with the first thing that comes in their faces, that they're going to weigh all of their options, say I'm going to take some action, tell you what they're going to do, and then start implementing some of those those plans, that that fosters a lot of – A lot of confidence Mm -hmm. in in the the populace, Mm -hmm. I think. And I think that's one of the best things that he has done. He has conveyed a confidence without being swaggering or anything. He is just a very thoughtful and calming force.
4: Force. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Force. And and, and I think part of, of a great leader is knowing what is needed. Exactly. You know, and giving people what they what what they need, and, and that is what we need at this time.
2: And getting people, other people, to help him, right. do those things. And I think he's made some excellent choices in terms of some of the mm-hmm. folks that are going to be in his cabinet and be, you know, his advisors.
3: You know, also I think, yeah, Andy used the term realism. You know, he's he's giving a certain reality to um, his office and demystifying, I think, the role of government and and, and the White House. Uh, his, his, his reaching out to uh, the general population I think is witnessed uh, with uh, his nominee for uh, health secretary, uh, Dasho, who went around the country uh, holding uh, town hall hearings to hear from the average person as to uh, what they saw with, with, the, with the major issues ar- around health care and what are some of the uh, potential solutions and taking that information back and utilizing that to help frame – uh, what he's going to propose in terms of health care mm-hmm. reform. So it's just, just not coming from one side. He's he's looking at the population, he's looking at the people and asking them, what do you think? And then taking that and translating that hopefully into good public policy.
2: And also not having having people backtrack in, in the Senate in the Senate hearings, because when Mr. Holder was asked, you know, do you think that waterboarding is torture, he didn't try and dance around it. He said yes. Yeah. This is it. And and I think that we are hungry for people to give straightforward answers to some, what seems to most of us, straightforward questions. And that kind of transparency is something that we've all been, I think, hungry for for mm-hmm. a while.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Well, everybody has their own expectations for Obama's uh, upcoming presidency. What, in, in your mind, constitutes a successful Obama presidency?
4: Yeah. I think if he can maintain the same... Part of what we've been talking about—that that value that he's had through the campaign and and through the selection process and even through the planning of the inauguration—to be inclusive, to be open, to be transparent—I don't think I'm going to agree with every decision that he makes, and I don't expect to. But it's you know I don't have to as long as I know that he's thoughtful about it and he's and he's taken counsel from the, some of the best people. Um, we won't agree. You know, I won't agree with him. You know, he probably, if I were president, he wouldn't agree with me. But, <laughs> you know, but, but hopefully he's done it in, in a thoughtful way, in a way that's best for the entire country. And he's done it in a transparent way. And I think that's part of that hope that I was talking about, for me at least personally, is that I, I am hopeful that that will happen, and it's not something that I've experienced in a very long time.
3: You know, and also maintain the pub, public dialogue. You know, mm-hmm. being uh, as part of being inclusive, you know, giving the public, the average person, the uh, uh, the opportunity to 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 express their concerns and to hear those concerns, uh, and then to act on those concerns. I think there's a lot of energy and excitement around the fact that the average person believes they now maybe have a say so in right. the way what's mm-hmm. going to happen. And so to be able to maintain that, maintain that beyond uh, next Tuesday.
2: I I think one of the most important things he can do is help restore the public's confidence in government. I think that's been eroded little by little probably since Watergate at least. And um, there are so many people that have – High expectations. I don't think specifically. They just want to believe in our government, believe in our president, believe in our leaders again. And I think if he can help to do that, he he may be able and hopefully he can do what he said. He can create some more jobs. He can introduce some programs so that we have more universal health care. That would be wonderful. That would certainly be extraordinary. But if he can even begin to start restoring our confidence in our government, I think that will mm-hmm. be a very successful presidency. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we have reached the bottom of the hour and it's time for us to take a short break. Reminder, you can get in on the program by calling 812-855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or leave us a comment at wfiu.org noon edition. We'll be back in 60 seconds.
6: You're listening to Noon Edition on member supported WFIU. You can take WFIU programs with you by downloading our podcasts. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, as well as movie, play, and opera reviews. Find out more by going to our website, wfiu.org. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the WFIU News Team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Listen at 8.33 a.m. and 5.45 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to catch that day's feature. If you miss one, that's okay. They're archived on our website, wfiu.org, and the best features from each week can be heard Saturday mornings at 7.45
0: we are back on Noon Edition, pleased to be joined today by Ed Marshall, Judge Valerie Houghton, and Beverly Callender-Anderson. I do want to get to another phone call real quick. David has been waiting patiently on the line. David, thanks for your
1: call. It is an exciting time and an uh, exciting subject, but I would like to also remind all your readers, starting this Friday, Cardinal Stage is performing Having Our Say, and mm-hmm. it's about the Delaney Sisters, 103 and 101, and... Uh, their dad was a slave and talks about a uh, hundred years of history. So I think it'd be very exciting for the people to come in and uh, and uh, watch it. It's Cardinal stage starting this Friday.
0: Thanks, David. We appreciate it. That was a
1: good
2: plug, David. And since, <laughs> I'm, on Car- since I'm on Cardinals board, I have to agree with you. But I, I will say that because of of the topic, the Delaney sisters, I think that is something that people can get some perspective with regard to our mm-hmm. new president. Mm-hmm. So that that yeah. wasn't totally. No,
4: it will be great. It's going to be a great play, too.
5: For a long time, though, uh, there have been certain uh, pejoratives which have been floated around designed to, to sound like compliments, like during the campaign, Joe Biden called Barack Obama articulate, bright, clean and nice looking. Is there hope in your minds that the Obama presidency will get people who say things like this to realize the subtle racism they're practicing and change it? Certainly we're not going to go through the next four or maybe eight years noting how articulate our president is, are we?
2: Our our president went to Columbia for undergrad and to Harvard for law school. I mean we expect him to be our (laughs) (laughs) – that's just – I think you know, some of that is taken out of context because of course they were competing against each other at the time. And people say some things I think without really realizing or hearing themselves – and and I, I hope that we can get away from it. But at the same time, do I expect that to happen overnight? No, because that's something that's been—there's been a certain amount of—I of, um, don't want to call it institutional racism, but subconscious racism in terms of people's expectations, some stereotypes that they have. I think all three of us have lived with that all of our lives. We—, we don't necessarily expect it, but we're not surprised when, when you're confronted with it. And, and that's something that hopefully people will get more self-educated about. But if not...
4: But it, it, it'll go back, too, to a comment I made earlier. When you see the president every day... I mean, you know how, how many times do we see the president standing up at the podium, addressing the nation um, at a news conference? And you see this person... Who is articulate clean, bright, whatever. Um and, and it becomes the norm. And so it it's not unusual. It, it you know, it won't happen overnight. But I do think in years to come, that won't be a surprise to people, you know.
2: Right. I think that's part of part of maybe what is in kind of the subtext, which is that that they sound surprised to some extent. Mm-hmm. However, for the last eight years, to be really frank, we've talked about how inarticulate his predecessor has been at times, and I don't think that that's anyone assumes that that's a racist comment or a comment on race. So, so I think we also have to contextualize mm-hmm. to some extent.
3: I, I think also, you know, his visibility, his constant visibility, you know, uh, is going to begin to change the lens through which many people view. Um, people who look like them, who look different from, from them or talk different right. from them or dress right. differently um, uh, from them. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with our own personal experiences. And uh, sometimes we don't place the same expectations on people that we would expect uh, others to um, uh, Aspired to, and I think a lot of that is just because you know, we just have not been exposed. And I think exactly. uh, I think his presence, his visibility, his interaction uh, with with foreign nations, that's going to give people uh, a different point of reference mm-hmm. for which to yeah, judge sure. others who may now. Uh, be uh, similar to him in terms of looks, dress, speak, what, what have you.
4: Well, and, and the other thing it'll do is give us a, li- a different lens through which we see ourselves. Yes, right. And and so those of us who may have self-esteem issues or self-hatred issues or those kind of things, sure. we, we will have a different lens through which we see ourselves. So I think it's, it's a great thing all the way around. Well, exactly. I wanted
0: to ask, you know, we've talked to a number of different people on our radio station about the issue of of what Barack Obama's presidency will do to racism as it still exists in America. and As you point out, I think correctly, a lot of times it's racism by subtext or racism by association that, uh, that is uh, subconscious in many ways. Sure. Well, well, what are your opinions on, on how his presidency and, and seeing him in this position as most powerful person in the world every day? <laughs> what what will that do to, to racism as it exists now in the United States? I,
2: I think Ed's right. I think one of the things that will happen is that people will have a different a different experience because it, we're seeing, it, it'll be exposure, exposure, exposure in ways that a lot of people have never had before. On the other hand, will his presidency eradicate racism? Of course not. No. That's just not going to happen. However, I think that uh, people won't perhaps be as surprised. It's, it's, it's similar to when any place has been integrated. I mean, or desegregated. People get accustomed to being around each other, to listening to each other, to interacting with each other. And I think that's the same that the exposure that Ed was talking about. You know, that's the same effect that will happen when you know when we are seeing him as our president. All the
3: time, yeah. Val. I think it was something you said earlier about about children. You know, they have a different perspective on this than someone say of my mother's g- generation, mm-hmm. uh, because you know they are more accustomed to dealing with individuals who are of different cultures, of different races. Right. So their appreciation, yeah, is high, but it comes from a, from, from a different perspective altogether. All and I think in time. Uh, as our society, you know, continues to become more and more diverse, more and more multicultural, I think we will begin to see uh, a decline of some of these um, uh, feelings that, that that we have we have seen in the past that, that that speak of racism. But will it will it go away? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it, if it ever go away entirely, mm-hmm. but it may take on a different form. It may mm-hmm. take on a, a, right. a, a different structure. Mm-hmm. It may be couched. Uh, in different types of uh, behaviors.
4: But but it will be impacted I mean I, I don't think Certainly. it'll go oh, away definitely be yeah. impacted. I don't think it'll right. go away but and, and so much of racism, so much of anyism is the the fear of the unknown exactly and, and so I do think the visibility i think his openness and his accessibility and and that feeling that we've talked about before about how people feel like they know him um, mm-hmm. that will help dissolve some of some of that fear and and seeing a family man see, seeing mm-hmm. people with a family
2: that love their children that take take their kids same to values school, as
4: yours. it's like, oh, yeah.
2: we do that. We mm-hmm. are, they're like us. You know, and I think that, again, that goes to also something Beverly said, which is the more people can relate to the person they're seeing, the less they become the other. Mm-hmm.
5: Well, after Tuesday's inauguration, uh, the struggle for equality in America, like you've said, uh, won't be over. How does his presidency change the trajectory of the movement for equal rights and the movement for equal opportunities?
3: I think we will see it I think we will see the um, the slope of that trajectory um, increase uh, i'm mindful of you know as a kid, I had the opportunity to uh, march with martin luther king jr and Tuesday, I will be in washington d c for the inauguration. Uh, when I think of those two events and what has what has happened between those two events uh, in my lifetime. I'm, I'm I'm very much uh, encouraged by what's going to happen going forward. You know, uh, what my children will be able to witness in a shorter period of time. So I think with each uh, new milestone, the next one I think will come a lot quicker.
4: Mm-hmm. I agree. I I don't really have a whole lot to add to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what, I, you? I know. <laughs> I know. But but I, but I think too. We, you know. And I think Ed is right. I agree with what Ed said. But it'll also move. It'll it'll expand far past race. It's you know there there's discrimination on so many different levels, and race is one of them. Mm-hmm. And so once you know we feel like we can deal with this one, you know, then it becomes easier to deal with the next ism or the next you know source of discrimination. And so I think that this is going to carry us far beyond the race discussion and into um, uh, some other discussions. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm
0: glad you said that because one of the things that I was I was <coughs> thinking about is. I wonder if any of you think that that too much has been made about Barack Obama's ethnicity. Is that hindering the discussion of – you know, this is an American who has been elected just like all of the other Americans to this but office. But he's
2: not just like all the other Americans that have been <laughs> elected. And and I, so I, I guess I would have to say, no, I don't think there's been too much made of it because it is a very significant milestone, just as it would have been if Hillary Clinton had been elected, because that would have been another significant milestone. So I think that we can acknowledge something without letting it become the all-encompassing and only reason for discussion. I mean, to ignore his ethnicity, his background, would be to ignore part of who he is and how he got to where he is and what makes him who he is today. So I I think that, no, it's not being made too much of. I think that all of us, for a lot of us, and I don't mean only people of color, I think for a lot of Americans it's a source of pride that we have, in fact— at least overcome in some small way that particular milestone, so I, I think it's very significant to everyone. I just, I, you know, I think it's
3: great. Just witnessing you know um, the, the newsca- newscasts from around the world, yeah. mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. on, on election night, uh, you know from Australia to paris to, to, to England. I mean people were, were cheering. Uh, I don't recall seeing that, you know, in pe- any other, where, with any other ever
4: with any other president. The election, exactly. so yeah.
3: so you know there is you know this this, this coming together and this mm-hmm. this pride. In fact, international pride about the fact that you know we mm-hmm. are moving on, exactly in a positive manner. Mm-hmm.
2: Also, I, I think that a lot of times people have been very reluctant to acknowledge race, to discuss race. They'll say something like you know. So and so is an African American. No offense, and it's like, why would I be offended? <laughs> you know that that it is part of who I am, just as as the fact that I have, well, depending on what day it is, certain color hair. You know, and, and so so I think that that's something that that has encouraged dialogue and encouraged discussion because people have talked about his election, not just his ethnicity, but everything connected with it in ways that I have never mm-hmm. seen before. So I think that's a wonderful thing.
4: And, and actually, I think it, he has made it easier to talk about. Exactly. He, he addresses the issues head on. I mean, the racism issue he, he addresses exactly. head on. And it makes it easier for everyone else to talk about race because it's been it's a difficult subject to talk about. It's so chocked full of emotion. It's so mm-hmm. chocked full of history. Absolutely. And so if we can get it on the table and we can begin to dialogue more um, mm-hmm. around the issue of race, then, you know, that helps to resolve some of the. The, dissolve some of the barriers that we have. You know, it's
3: not only to talk about race, but it's to talk about it constructively. Yeah, exactly. You yes. know? So I think there's a, different, there's a different emphasis on those
5: discussions today
4: mm-hmm.
3: than what we may have seen in, in, in the past.
5: Thank
4: you, right.
5: Let me remind listeners they can call and ask a question. It's 812-855-0811 or one 285 9348 or you can leave a comment on our website, wfiu.org slash noon living in a relatively tolerant place like Bloomington, do you think we might be sheltered from seeing the impact his presidency will have on people who have been resistant to change? Well, first you that, have that to agree that something. we in a tolerant
2: place. <laughs> See, you're saying something from a, probably a different perspective than any yeah, of us are. Certainly. So I'm not sure that I would accept your premise that it's a relatively tolerant place. Community and and I love the community, but it depends.
4: It depends on your perspective. It's, exactly. the, it's the lens that exactly. Dan talked about earlier.
2: Exactly. I I remember having a discussion with a former um, colleague, and and he said he said very blatantly, "There is no racism in 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 Bloomington." Wouldn't you agree, Val? And I said, "No," <laughs> and and then we, we but we got into a discussion about it. So it wasn't it wasn't just no i disagree i explained to him some of my reasons and i think that was enlightening for him i it was enlightening for me that he felt that there was none so i guess to say tolerant tolerant to me sounds like we're you know like putting up with something and and i guess i would i would kind of resist that particular term and say instead that that we are perhaps um more open to discussion than perhaps some other places. I'm not sure that I that that's an accurate statement, but I, I think that it's easier to live in Bloomington in multiracial, multiethnic, multi uh, sexual orientation or gendered conditions than perhaps in some other places. But I. Uh,
4: Well, I don't think Bloomington really is a lot different from any place else. Racism exists here. Um, I think the difference um, that I see in Bloomington than from, you know, some other cities that I've lived in is that we try. You know, we don't we don't try to ignore the fact that racism exists or intolerance exists or discrimination exists. And I think that makes a big difference. Right. We try to deal with it head on. Um, of course, that doesn't address your question. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, I just wanted to get that out there. I, I think that, that it does – all the things that you see in Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland – They happen here. They happen here. You know? Just on
2: a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. And, and I think also people perhaps aren't as aware of them because, you know, we all have our, our little circles and stuff. And so – we may be very, very comfortable in our particular circles and not be aware of some of the other things that are going on in our community.
3: You know, when, when you think of, you know, the economic crisis, when you think of healthcare uh, crisis, when, when when you think of inadequacy within our school systems, you know, there may be some emphasis in certain populations more so than others, but it does cross racial boundaries. And people are hurting. And I think on that uh, second Tuesday and first Tuesday in, in, in November, you know, people had to do some very, very serious um, reflecting and, and, and introspecting uh, as to were they going to let maybe some of their beliefs, historical beliefs affect what they wanted to see happen going forward? Mm-hmm. And when they, when they pushed that, that, that lever, you know what, what's most important to them? And I think what we saw was that they decided that here's an individual who, in fact, may be able, may be our greatest opportunity to bring about change. Change is going to benefit them. And so whatever uh, feelings they may have had that may have been somewhat negative in the past, you know, those were essentially trumped now by this need, this desire for positive change on those key, uh, key areas, it's going to affect their lives and the lives of their
0: children. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm, I'm curious what the three of you think will change in in Bloomington or at Indiana University uh, during the course of the – especially the early part of the Obama presidency. Is it – and do you think it, it hinges on changes being made at the national level and having them filter down to us here in Monroe County?
5: Yeah.
4: I think probably the most important thing that that I can think of that could happen or whether it will happen. I, I don't know what the stimulus package will look like and if it'll be passed. I, I, but our economy is the, is the thing that is mm-hmm. is the most important. Um, has, it transcends race. It transcends gender. It transcends sexual orientation. It transcends everything. And as Val said earlier, people are hurting. And that's that's what we need to see happen. Um, and so if he can get an economic stimulus plan pa- passed that does filter down and and helps that person that lives next door to me or across the street from me, you know, then, you know, that's what I... It can help our, our whole community It helps the overall. whole community. And I, it helps the state.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not sure that there will be any specific things that his presidency will impact on in terms of kind of trickling down, except that perhaps as the country is more encouraged that that we're going to get out of the uh kind of dismal abyss you know economically then you know maybe that will on a local level stimulate our economy but i i don't know that there will be anything very specific mm-hmm. you know for for our community but i
3: think right there's anyway. also an the opportunity now for some trickling up if you will mm-hmm. uh just because of of the receptivity, you know, of this administration to hear from the local communities and maybe even you, you even act upon that. We've also seen that, you know, no one's immune, you know, from this crisis. Uh, it's not something that tends to 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 affect only those of lower socioeconomic right. uh, ranks. I mean, right. every everyone is is involved in this, so everyone has a stake in his presidency and the accomplishments that he's going to help. Um, So I think we will see a rallying around uh, his initiatives as best we can. Now, now, as as we said earlier, sure, we're not all going to agree on everything that he's he's going to say or do. But I think on on, on average, uh, we will probably agree in terms of the positive movement out of our current situation. Again, whether it be – uh, losses of jobs, whether it be K-12 through education, higher education, uh, health care, uh, we will agree that I think he is trying to move us in the right direction. Now, some will say we're not moving as quickly as we should, mm-hmm. uh, but as long as we begin to make those slight movements, and I think a lot of that's going to be also uh, buttressed by what happens locally. I, th- I think there is an opportunity for a lot of local involvement and a lot of local and one of our
2: lo- one of our local law professors is actually part of his team now yeah. and, and one right. of his advisors. Right. So so I, I think that's that's something that's encouraging for me because we have people that we know locally that are actually becoming an integral part of his his actual team. That's that's wonderful.
5: Well earlier Judge Houghton you said that Bloomington really isn't, I guess, that much different from some other places uh, well, what can we do in Bloomington and in Indiana to be more welcoming of all races, sexual orientations, lifestyles, etc.?
2: Um, communicate with each other better and more candidly, or candidly, maybe not more candidly. Uh, but I think it, it sounds very cliche, very trite. But but an honesty and an openness when we're communicating with each other, I think uh, facilitates some real communication, and, and if people don't know who they're talking to, who they're communicating with, then it's real easy to distance themselves, to th- see them as totally strange and, and and apart from themselves. And I think, um, you know, we can all like, do some self-examination, see how often we interact with folks from n- not just different races, different socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, different educational backgrounds, just outside of our our own little comfort zones. And I think the more that we interact with each other, the the more open the community becomes. Mm-hmm.
3: And if I may follow up, um, put a plug in for something that, that Beverly and I kind of um, got, got started, uh, what, a few, few months ago? A couple months ago, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's kind of a, a convening of a, um, a round table, if you will, uh, between the Bloomington and the IU communities. Uh, just to talk about that, uh, to have people... Uh, at that table, who will have those different perspectives, different experiences, and have them put those out there, you know, for discussion, and see if we can come up with, with some ideas that will, in fact, you know, make us a much more welcoming um, community. Right,
4: and and I think for people to know that you don't have to wait until there's a problem to discuss. Mm-hmm you know, whatever is going on. And, and I think that's part of, of being welcoming and part of being inclusive is that there are there's Ed's office, there's my office, there are a lot of different areas around the community where people can go and say, well, I have an idea, here's a project that I may want to do or a program or just, you know, what do you think about this? It may not even be formalized. But there are places, you know, on campus and in the community where people can go just to talk about you know ideas that they may have and 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 one of the things that Bloomington is a really good place for is making ideas turn into reality um it's one there of there are so many wonderful yeah. agencies and wonderful like support groups for
2: virtually anything you could talk about and people that seem willing to help each other here i, I have been just blown away by people's willingness to help each other out in this community, and I think that's one of the strengths that we have here in this community and and, um, and, and I, I think that Beverly's right it's, it's, it's an opportunity that you don't necessarily have so readily in other places, and, and we're relatively small, so it's not that hard to get around to, to get to know other folks here. we're accessible. Know?
0: Mm -hmm. In Mm -hmm. just our our last few minutes here, I'd like to know what each of you thinks are your personal expectations for the president-elect irrespective of where you work, groups to which you belong. What does the president-elect need to do to – to you know continue to measure up in in your eyes what what do you need from him as a citizen of Indiana a citizen of the United States and and someone who would would continue to support his administration
2: he needs to continue to be honest and open with with all of us and to um to keep a a dialogue open let us know what's going on as I understand national security, but but I'm saying within reason, let us know what his what his plans are, what programs he's going to implement, and be honest with us. I, I think if he will continue to do that as he seems determined to do right now, I will be very happy with mm-hmm. his presidency. Yeah.
4: And I agree. And I think the dialogue, the transparency, um, and inclusiveness, you know, continue to listen to both sides of the aisle, continue to listen to those voices that don't necessarily agree with you, that aren't necessarily the yes person, um, and, and taking those voices into consideration because as the president for all the people, those voices are as important as those uh, those voices that do agree with mm-hmm. you, so. do you.
0: Do you think you will be held to a higher inclusiveness standard in any way?
4: Well, and I agree with, with what Ed said earlier is that he set the bar high. I think it was Ed that said it, but he set the bar <laughs> high, you know. Um, and so I think he'll hold himself to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we'll have to. I think he'll hold himself there.
3: You know, I, you know just, just continuing to be, you know, that, that, that shining beacon for the hope for, for a brighter future, particularly with emphasis on the everyday activities of everyday people. Um, I think in the past, you know, we, we tend to look at government as not really uh, having its finger on the pulse of what's happening on the average person, and I think he has given hope to the average person that you know there is hope out there, and I will listen to you and and, and, and I will respond as best as I can, you know, to your needs and, and just maintaining mm-hmm. that, that, that 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 hope and that confidence.
2: Well, you know how we were saying earlier that that we and the American public can look and relate to him, I think part of it is that we also get the sense that he is looking at us and relating to us. It's a yeah. two-way, two-way mirror. And, and, and that's, I think, just crucial mm-hmm. to his being a really effective president. I
5: agree. On well, the uh, minute or so we have left, uh, Dr. Marshall, we know your plans to attend the inauguration Tuesday, uh, but what are each of you planning to do on Tuesday uh, for the inauguration?
2: Unfortunately, because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm I'm a new judge, and so I hadn't quite thought ahead of it because I would have canceled my afternoon court. <laughs> so I have made sure that at least during that particular time when he is actually taking his oath, I will not be on the bench and I will be somewhere watching it on television. Um, I, I am excited to watch it. And, and my husband and I were talking about you know how – A lot of people have DVRs and TiVo and and perhaps we could, you know, like a lot of folks could watch it taped. But I'm determined to see it live. I have to see it happen. So— Regardless of what I do any of the rest of the time, I'm going to watch that inauguration someplace.
4: Yeah. Well, I will definitely be sitting in front of a television watching <laughs> exactly. it. And I'll be I'll be watching it live as I'm DVRing it. Um, <laughs> oh, so, absolutely, so, yeah, right. so that I can watch it later. But um, I will pro and I will probably be watching it with my son because I think it's it's just really important to me to share that with with people. Um, we weren 't together on the night of the election because he was on stage plug for my son <laughs> but um, I will be watching it with him and sharing that moment with him, and because that's yeah, and i 'm looking forward to that
0: well our, our thanks to to the three of you for coming in today it 's been a great discussion unfortunately we 've just about run out of time. Production support for Noon Edition comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded storage space for home office and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233, and from Smithville Telephone, a locally owned business serving southern and central Indiana since 1922, Offering bundled packages, high-speed internet, and wireless phones. Smithville Telephone, local pride, global technology, information at smithville.net. For Mike Pashkash, Ariana Prothero, and Daniel Robinson, I'm Stan Jastrzewski. Join us again next week.
6: Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at wfiu.org.